You're listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hull United Methodist Church. Be sure to visit us at hopehullumc.org sermons, where you can subscribe to future episodes of SermonCast and browse our archive of past messages. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, so my question for us today is how are we living free? Are you free? If you are a believer, you are free. Did you know that? I know you did, but did you truly know that? Like Josh said today, like down in your bones, do you know that you're free? We talked last week about freedom. Pastor Matt talked about freedom and how that may look a little different from what we consider like patriotic freedom. Biblical freedom may look a little different than that. Um, but does our life look like the child of God that we are? Because Galatians, man, Paul has been really hammering home that as, as people of God, we are now children of God, heirs to, the, to all that he has, heirs to his inheritance. We have all that Christ has. And so are we living like that? In John 8, 36... It says that who the Son sets free, he is free indeed. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if you are a believer, then the Holy Spirit is in you. So guess what? A plus B equals C. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit, then you are free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then Isaiah 61 is, of course, in the Old Testament. But then Jesus, we see the story in the Gospels of how he got up um, in the synagogue. And this is one way that he announced his ministry. They asked him, you know, you're a new rabbi. Why don't you share some some, um, scripture with us? So he got up and he chose the scroll from Isaiah 61. He thought it was really important for the people to hear. And this was one of the ways that he declared who he was to the people one of the first times. And he opened that scroll. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. And lots of other things that I can't remember off the top of my head. But one thing that stuck out to me for this sermon is that Jesus stood up and he said he has come to set the captives free. And that is what he offers us. And that's what he's done for us. And if you are a believer, that's what he's done for you. And if you are not a believer this morning, if you have not been saved, if you are not a child of God, that's what he offers you today. It's freedom. And he offers you forgiveness and love And that song said it over and over again, how he loves us, how he loves us. I think the writer of that song really wanted us to get it in our heads that God loves us, and he does. So let's go back and look a little bit at the definition of biblical freedom. So I'm just going to read this to you because it says it better than I ever could. Being free is the liberation of a person's spirit from everything that shackles it to sin and ugliness. Being free doesn't mean that you should do whatever you want, whenever you want. We are free to make the choice to be godly, 
to be slaves of righteousness. We are no longer a slave to sin and hopelessly a slave to ourselves and our desires. Biblical freedom is the ability to say no to sin, to be who God made you to be, and to enjoy the life he has given. Does that sound good to anybody else? That sounds good to me. The ability to say no to sin, that's freedom. To be disciplined, to be who God made you to be, and to enjoy the life that he has given. So before we continue to dive in, I just want to, into our scripture, I just want to hone the point that um, that freedom as a believer is something that you have right now. It's not something that you are working toward. Yes, you will work out your freedom as you grow and as we are sanctified and as we grow and become more and more like Christ, we will grow in that freedom. But it's something that we have right now. This gift of freedom was made possible by the death and the resurrection of Jesus and made available when we were saved. So I love thinking about it like this, that I am not working for freedom, I am working from freedom. I am working from freedom and not for freedom. You see that delineation that it's, it's already, I'm already there. It's not something I'm striving to get to. It is something that is already mine. As an heir, as a child of God, as a daughter of God, his freedom is my freedom. It's good news, isn't it? But what does that look like as a believer? And how do we walk in the freedom that we have? So let's look at verse 1. For freedom Christ set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Okay, so let's look at that verse. And what does it say that Christ did? What did Christ do? Yeah, he set us free. And so what do we do? What's the next thing? Yeah, we stand firm. And we don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Paul's like, you've already been a slave. Why go back to it? And y'all, this is the point that he's trying to get across to these Galatian believers. They are already free. But yet they have these people coming into their community and coming in and saying, well, it's Jesus and. It's, it's Jesus plus getting circumcised and following all of the different laws. Circumcision is just like the entry into, um, into following all of the, the Mosaic law. And so he, Paul is not saying that circumc- circumcision in itself is bad. If you read that this morning and you thought that, he was saying that if you are trying to get to Jesus through circumcision, that is wrong. If you are trying to get to Jesus through anything other than grace, that is wrong. If you are trying to get to Jesus through good works, if you are trying to get through to Jesus by coming to church or by being a nice person, that is wrong. It's not what God has for us. It's a free gift. Paul tells us in Ephesians that we are saved by grace, not through works. 
It is a gift of God so that no man can boast. Salvation is a gift. And it's not Jesus and dot, dot, dot. It is Jesus only. Stand firm and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Take note, I, Paul, am telling you that if you get yourself circumcised, Christ will not benefit you at all. Again, I testify to every man who gets himself circumcised that he is obligated to do the entire law. Verse 4, you who are trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. He is not saying here that he was not telling the Galatians that... um, that they were losing their salvation, you're falling for grace. What that means is you have begun to ha- you have begun to have a works-based mentality. You have begun to see that I have to be good and do good to get God. And Paul is saying that's that's absolutely not true. It's not what we do, it's what Christ has done. I want to go ahead and say the bottom line for today. We are set free to live free. We are set free to live free. There's purpose and there is reason for us being set free and not to return back to where we once were, but to live free. Verse 5, For we eagerly await through the Spirit, by faith, the hope of righteousness, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. So just once again saying, um, it's not anything that you do. These Judaizers, these people are coming in telling you that you now have to be circumcised. Because they, the Galatian believers were not Jews. Most of them were not Jews. And so they were saying, in order to be, to fully be a child of God. You have to be like the Jews in this way. That's not true. And Paul was trying to get this across to them. So as I was prepping for this, one of the books that Pastor Matt gave me to help me prep um, had a great story to help illustrate this. And I just wanted to share it with you because I thought it was really good. And I like stories. But um, in Canada, I've never lived in Canada. Have you ever, any of you ever been to Canada? Yeah. I know certain parts of it are beautiful. But what's also a characteristic of Canada in the winter? It is cold. It is really cold. Like, I'm fussing about 36 degrees. Like, it is really cold. And so there are certain places, and this specific, this author was talking about somewhere north of Montreal, but the lakes would freeze. They would freeze for four months of the year. Like, 10 feet, y'all. 10 feet of frozen ice in these lakes. That's crazy. Can you imagine us, like, seeing some frost on a lake and going out and trying to stand on it and walk across it. No way. We, we would not do that. But there, they would actually drive across it. Because in the summer months, they have to take a ferry to get to the other side. But in the winter months, because for four months there's 10 feet of ice, they can drive across it. Oh, it's crazy. So what they would do is they would park a car in the center of the lake... And so when the car begins to sink, then they would know that it's time to stop driving across the ice. Would you guys want to try that? Would y'all try that? Would you do that? Ah! 
Maybe. Maybe like in the middle of those four months. I might, I might try it. I don't know. But um, it's, it's wild. And so they would go across the lake and get to the other side. And it was super quick, much easier, much faster to get across the lake. Well, of course, um, things would begin to thaw out and they would have to take boats across the lake. And what the, the point that he was trying to make, um, this, this author, is that the, the law used to be the way to get across. It used to be the way that we get across to get to, get to the other side, to get to God. Of course, it's all through faith, but, but you would use the law. But now spring has come, and spring is here forever, and it will never be winter again. So the ice is melted, and now we have to get across the lake in a different way. You can't get across in the same way. It has to be a different way, and the only way is through Jesus. Jesus has his boats prepared, and he has, if, if anyone is willing, all, it, it doesn't take money, it doesn't take any works, it just takes um, that faith and, and the acknowledgement that Jesus died on the cross for our sin, that he rose from the dead, that he is your Savior, and you can get across that lake, so you don't need to worry with that anymore. So it's a different season. That's what Paul was trying to tell the people. Like this, The law and all of the, the different stru- the structure that was put in place was good. And it was there for a reason. And it was there for a season. And then Christ came and fulfilled the law. He, he filled every requirement of the law so that we wouldn't have to anymore. So that as believers, like that's done. He was that substitutionary sacrifice on the cross, that he took all of the requirements that had to be met in order for God to be satisfied, for a perfect and holy God to have relationship with the sinful people, Jesus accomplished all of that on the cross so that we wouldn't have to worry about being perfect and about meeting the requirements and all of the different things. It's only Jesus now. It's just Jesus So let's go now to verse 7. It says, You are running well. Who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth? This persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. He's saying, who cut in on you? Of course Paul knows the answer to that. Do you ever ask questions that you know the answer to? I know that my kids like, who did this? Who made this mess? I don't know the answer. But I just want them to say it. Right? And Paul was trying to get them to pay attention like, You guys need to pay attention to these people that are in your midst that are trying to take you away from the gospel that I've already taught to you and that you've been following. These people are coming in and saying, it's Jesus and. Paul's saying, no, who cut in on you? Who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth? This persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough. But yet, he gives them some encouragement. He gives them some hope here. What does he say in verse 10? I myself am persuaded in the Lord that you will not accept any other view. He's saying, look, you guys are dealing with this, but I'm working with you. We're going to work through this, and I believe that you're going to stay strong. I believe that you're going to stick to the truth, giving giving them some encouragement. But whoever it is that is confusing you, they will pay the penalty. Now, brothers and sisters, verse 11, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? No, yeah. In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. 
I wish that those who are disturbing you might also let themselves be mutilated. And so I'm not going to go too much in, into that, but um, Paul is pretty upset here, as you can tell. He is pretty upset at these people. Um, verse 13, for you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. You were called to be free. I notice that word call. And anytime you see, when you're doing your Bible study at home, whenever you're looking at scripture, if you see the repetition of a word, go back and, and observe that. And they, like it's all there for a purpose. It's all, as Timothy says, it's useful for rebuking and teaching and encouraging. Like every word is on purpose. And so if you go back, you see in verse 8, this persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. And then in 13, it says, for you were called to be free. It is a, a summoning. It is a, a God who invites you to this freedom. And what does he call them? Brothers and sisters. Once again, reminding them that they are children of God. We need to be reminded who we are, y'all. I don't know if that takes maybe writing it down on a note card this week putting it in your car or on your mirror, maybe making it the wallpaper on your phone, but doing something to remind you of your freedom, remind you that you are a child of God, like a physical reminder. Put it on a dry erase board. Write it. You can use a dry erase marker to write on your mirror. I am a child of God. I am free. So he's reminding them that they are brothers and sisters, and that implies that they are children of the same Father of God. You were called to be free, he says, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. So if you were to go back and to look at all of the different letters of Paul, you would see him using, <clears throat> weaving this theme throughout his scripture, throughout his letters to the churches, that he would say, we are called to be free. We are set free to live free is what he's trying to tell them. He's saying, just because we have grace, just because you have been forgiven, just because I have been forgiven, does not give me a license to sin. If you want to go back and read Romans 6, that is a fantastic um, chapter that talks specifically about this. It says, I'll just read a little bit of it for you. But what then? Should we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? Absolutely not. Don't you know that if you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of that one you obey, either of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But thank God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you obeyed from the heart that teaching to which you were handed over. And having been set free from sin, you became enslaved to righteousness. You're saying, that's not who you are. You weren't set free to live any way that you want. Oh, God's going to forgive me. So it doesn't matter what I do. I'm a Christian. He set me free. I believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, the way, the truth, and the life. But I believe that I can live any way that I want to, and I'll still go to heaven, and I'll still be God's child. The relationship will not change. You are still God's child. But the quality of your life and the quality of that relationship and your purpose in life and the impact on this world will change if you're living in sin as a Christian, if you're not submitting to him in every area. And that's why 
during our prayer, I invited us to kind of, God, show us where those areas are, because we might not even know. We may not even be aware that we are living as slaves in certain areas of life. But once you remember that God has set you free in that, and that he's given you everything you need for life and godliness, 2 Peter 1.3, through his divine power, he has given us, given us everything we need for life and godliness. God, do I have everything I need to be free in this area of my life? Yes. Through him, though, not on your own strength, right? Through him, everything we need. So he says, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. So don't, don't use your grace. Don't use the freedom that you have to do anything you want. You have the freedom to not do what you want, but to do what you ought. He gives us the ability to do that. But he says, serve one another in love. He says, use your freedom to serve. Use the freedom that you have, the confidence that you have in Christ. So remember that you were chosen, that you are forgiven, that you are who he says you are. Use that to serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, and then this, this section ends in a, um, like a warning, a strong warning. It says, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. If you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. So Paul is saying, just keep focusing, keep focusing on Christ. Remember your freedom. Use it to serve one another. And you usually don't, you're not going to, if you're serving someone and you're praying for someone, then you're usually, your heart is going to be toward them and for them. So if there's someone in your life that you're having a really hard time with, I mean, you just feel like devouring them, as it says at certain times, that they are just, ugh, it's just so hard to be in relationship with that person. Start praying for them every day. You will see a change in yourself, and you will see a change in that person. So pray for that person. Pray for them and find ways to serve them, even if it hurts, even if it's really hard. So pray for them and serve them. So the Galatians were free. The God of the universe had declared them free. And then we, the people of Hope Hole Community Church, we're free. The God of the universe has declared us free. That's who we are. It's not something that we are working towards. It's something that we already are and that we can live out. We are set free to live free. So... As we close, um, Josh, if you don't mind coming up, we're going to have a little bit of time. We're going to pray. And just just pray, play for us for a little bit. Christ died for us in our place, a substitutionary death. Remember, he was the fulfillment of the law. He satisfied the whole law. Because of Christ's death on the cross, we are forgiven of our sin, we are free, and because he rose from the dead, we have his resurrection power. That's good news. So how are you living your freedom? How are you handling your freedom? Are there certain parts that you're keeping separate that you're a slave to? If you feel like you, can't, you don't have the ability to say no to something, you're a slave to that thing. Christ has set you free from it. You are free. 
So let's spend a little bit of time, maybe a minute or two, just in reflection and prayer and ask the Holy Spirit. Maybe he's already revealed something to you. Maybe you're not a believer and you want to taste for the first time forever the freedom that he offers, the free gift of life that he offers. Now's the time to do that, to say, God, I I, I repent of my sin. I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that Jesus is the only way to God. You've been listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hole United Methodist Church. If you enjoyed this message, consider sharing it with a few friends. Remember to visit us at hopeholeumc.org sermons and subscribe to get notified when new content is posted. Thanks for listening.